just a moment for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, it is a grand privilege that we have of coming into thy presence in this attitude of worship and praise to thee, and know that we can call thee our Father. Being born of thy Spirit, we are thy children, and with the privilege of asking what we will, and faith will bring it to us. We thank thee for this. Most holy and righteous God, we would ask tonight that you would speak to those, Lord, who are needy, those that need salvation to their souls, and for those that are sick and in a desperate condition, to the shut-ins, those that are in the hospitals and are hospitalized and cannot get to the meeting. O thou great I am, go to their bedsides tonight and touch their sick bodies, that they might be able to come from the hospitals to serve thee. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those that sin against us, that we might have thy favor in our midst tonight. And speak to us through thy word. Thy word is the truth. Make it known unto us, Lord. Make thy word to live among us. For we ask it in the name of thy child, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. May be seen. Now, for just to continue the message, I was certainly packed away, was standing there listening to Brother Duplissus bring that message on the Apostle Peter being able to walk on the water, something that he never did before. And we can just do many things that we never did before if we'll just listen to his word and take his word for it. He never made a promise, but what he'll stand behind. Now, what time does the service start Sunday, brethren? Sunday 2.30. Well, that means about 1.30. Those who want prayer cards should be here at 1.30 then, so you won't disturb the meetings while they're giving out the prayer cards. And at 2.30, the services begin, and then we'll be out in time for you to go home and have your... Is it dinner or supper here? I'm a southerner, and it's supper to me. If they call that dinner, then what happened to my supper? I miss out somewhere. So I, I, you go home to your supper. That's what I would call it. And um, then um, go to the, your churches and the strangers in our gates. We want to visiting here. These fine churches will be having Sunday school Sunday morning and church Sunday night. You find a place of your choice and attend that service. And now, I'm kindly happy about this meeting for many reasons, because I have looked forward to it for some time of getting back. I wish to just quote a verse out of the book of Job tonight, the 23rd chapter and the third verse. Oh, that I knew where I might find him that I might come even to his seat. That's Job 
23.3. I'm going to speak for a few minutes upon the subject of the unchangeable God, if I should call it a, a subject. There are many things, and practically all things change. Time changes, people changes, weather changes, nations changes, but God is in unchangeable. He does not change. He is the same all times. God is an infinite God. I do not believe that there would be any word could explain the, the word or any way to explain the word infinite, because it's the infinite. He has never had a beginning, or he'll never have an end. Therefore, when God is called on the scene to act or to make a decision, the way that he acts or the decision that he makes, that is forever the same. He cannot change it. Because he's infinite. He's perfect. Now, you and I can say a certain thing, and next year we'll have to change it maybe and do something different, or because we are finite. We, we do not know all things. But he is perfect, and his first decision will have to be his second decision, will have to be like the first. Or if he makes another decision, then he did not act right when he made the first decision. Then that puts him finite like I am, or you are. What I'm trying to do before this healing service comes is to instill in you a faith in God, because that's what it takes for healing or salvation. You must have faith in God. And God is no greater than His Word, or no more perfect than His Word, because God and His Word is the self-same thing. You are no, you're no better than your Word. God is no better than His Word. And your Word is what you are. God's Word is what He is. Now, any persons know that if God was called on the scene once to save a man that was lost, and God saved that man by his faith, the next man calls on God, God will have to save that man if he comes on the same grounds that the first man came on. Amen. Then if there is a sick man and he pleads to God for mercy and God gives him mercy and healing on the basis of his faith, the next man that comes on them same grounds and asks the same question God's got to act the same way, or he acted wrong when he acted the first time. So you see, we must make God real, unchangeable. Every soul that comes to God seeking salvation or healing, he's got to come on those bases. He's got to come believing that God is and a rewarder of those that diligently seek after him. Did not our Lord Jesus say, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them? Did not he say, Ask the Father what you will in my name, and you will receive it? 
Now that is infallibly the truth. And there's nobody that ever asked God anything but what God gave it to them if they come with an honest heart. Now the thing of it is, God gives it sometimes in the way that we're not expecting it. But God always keeps his word. There's no way for God to tell you anything and lie about it and remain God. He cannot. He must keep his word forever. It's the truth. And when the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that is the truth. I may not have faith enough to make all the things that he done live again, but I'd never stand in the road of somebody who had faith enough to do it. I would be thanking God for that faith. But just the same, every promise that he made is absolutely true. I can go on record for this tonight. If any people will take the right mental attitude towards any divine promise that God ever made and claim it for yours, God will bring it to pass. If you will take the right attitude towards it, knowing that if God said so, the promise is yours, and it's your personal property the very minute you receive it that way, then it has to come to pass. For Jesus said, the word is a seed that is sore sowed. And a seed, if it's a germatized seed, and it goes into the ground, then that seed, under the right conditions of the sun and moisture, will bring forth the life that's in the seed. And so is the word of God, if a person can take that word and place it in their heart and give it the right sunshine, the right tempter, not S-U-N, but S-O-N, and right temperature of faith in there, that seed and promise will live to you just like it did at the beginning to the one it was given to. Because it's God's word and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot fail. Now, the thing is with the people is the way God appears. Many times we want to make an idol out of God. We ask God to do something and then he must do it just the way that we asked it, or we'll say, he never answered. When we do that, we weaken our faith in God, and we weaken our testimony when we do not take him at his word. God always answers. No one never asked. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Everyone that asks will receive. Everyone that seeks shall find. Everyone that knocks, it'll be open to them. Now, that's the only way that I've always found it, that I can get anything from God is take him at his word and believe it the way he sends it. Now, if we do not take it just the way that we think it is, we build God as an idol. He's got to answer just according to our ways or, well, it's just no good. He didn't answer us. God answers in many ways. He may answers in peculiar ways, times, and everything is odd. We'll take, for instance, Moses. Moses was 80 years old. He was almost, you might think, too old for God to deal with. He was an old man, unexpected in his age, to be dealt with with God. Another thing, he was under the Mount Horeb, unexpected place. God met him at an unexpected age, 
at an unexpected place and an unexpected way. God didn't meet Moses the way he usually met man. He met Moses in an unusual way, in the way that he chose to meet Moses in. That's the way he answers our prayer, in the way that he thinks is best. And his way is always right. If we ask for anything and it doesn't happen just the way God, or the way we think that God ought to let it happen, then that makes us lose and fall back. Let's ask God to stand firm on the Word and say it's true and it, just receive it the way He sends it. That's the way you've got to believe God. It may come disguised. It may come in another way, a roundabout way. But no matter what way it comes, if we have asked, we shall receive. God said so. And that settles it forever if God says so. Now, when you get to taking God like that and believing it, now, Moses, what if he had said, I prayed for God to make me a military man, and here he is in a burning bush. No matter what difference how God appeared to him, just so he appeared. That's all that matters here. As long as God comes and answers, as long as we recognize it to be God. Jacob, another character, he was caught between two occasions. He had done some mean things, some sneaking little tricks to his, his father-in-law, Lebanon. And he was running from his father-in-law, going back home to Mama. And when he come to find out, here come his brother that he had done some dirty little tricks to, was coming meeting him with an army. Just remember, your sins find you out. And then Jacob, all disturbed and perplexed and in trouble, set his wives across the little brook, went back on the other side and an unexpected place and an unexpected time. He met God in an unexpected way. What a way to meet God in a wrestling match. But it was God. Regardless of whether he's in a burning bush or a wrestling match, it was God. And the main thing was that Jacob, he had had dreams and visions and so forth but this is one time he could lay his hand on something and say, it's God. And he was able to hold on to it until the blessing came. Oh, if we could do that, if we could find the spot to where we could see God, whether it's in his word, wherever it is, and recognize it's God and hold on to it until the blessing comes. Wrestle it out with God. God promised to do it. God said if we'd seek, we'd find, ask and it shall be given. Knock, it'll be open. Every word is true. When Jacob got a hold of something that he could look at, hold to with his hands and see that it was God, he would not turn it loose. Hallelujah. Oh, if Christianum could do that, if you could lay your hand a hold of something that's real, Hallelujah. catch a vision of God and see His presence and hold on to it Amen. until God sends the answer back. And the blessing. What a revival would break out here in Tulsa. If people could do that, could see the power of the living God, something real. No matter what form it comes in, we have our ideas. But God has a way of sending things to us, answering our prayer. There's been prayer meetings going on here in this city for a long time for a revival. I believe if we would just open our eyes and be ready to receive it, God would send it to us in His way of doing it. In his time, 
God would grant it. But we've got to recognize we have asked, and if we ask, then we shall receive. And he held on to it. Unexpected time, unexpected place, and an unexpected way. But when he realized that it was God, he held on to it. Isaiah, the young prophet, he had had a wonderful life. He leaned upon the good king's arm and everything come fine and he got all fat and overweight from eating. And one day the king died and Isaiah was caught in a vision when he seen the train of the Lord. He saw angels flying through the building with wings over their face and wings over their feet and flying with two wings crying, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. And when he seen that and know that he was standing in the presence of a holy God, he said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I am living among unclean people. And the Lord was crying, Who will go for us? And the angel took the tongs and got some coals off the altar and touched it to his mouth and cleansed him. It was an unusual sight for the prophet. It's an unusual way that God dealt with him. But God knows how to deal with man. Isaiah had been educated in, in a school with the king and so forth. He had the best it could be giving mentally, I suppose, in his intellectuals. But God had to make a prophet out of him by revealing himself to him. By giving him something tangible that he could see it was no more so much in literature and reading and writing, but the things that he had read about God and heard about God become manifested right before him. Then he said, I'm of unclean lips and dealing and dwelling among unclean people. And God prepared him for his days of prophecy. That's the way God does things. He does it in a mysterious way. The prophet Elijah, we might think of him for a moment. There he is laying back in a cave. He had seen the power of God a few days before that, 40 days before. He had God's power. He had prayed, and three years and six months it had not rained. And then he prayed again on the mountain, and fire came down from heaven and devoured the sacrifice. And then he prayed again, and rain come and bathed the earth. And then by the fear of the threat of the queen, he run into the wilderness. He knowed he was missing something. There was something in him that wasn't right yet. When he pulled back in the cave, there come an earthquake outside that shook the cave where he was sitting. There come a mighty rushing wind. There come thunders and lightnings and blowings. And it was all God, but it didn't attract the prophet. It didn't touch him somehow. He knew what God's power was. He knew God had shut the mountains and he had rushing winds and so forth and sent far out of the heaven. But he waited and waited down inside of him come a little still voice. That attracted the prophet. There was something he'd seen his power to do things. But this time he felt his presence and a still small voice speaking into his heart. Then the prophet raised up and went out to the end of the cave. Sometimes we ask for things, get something vice versa. We make God something that we want to make him answer the way we think he ought to answer. Israel, there's another case. Israel was looking for a mighty king to come. 
to beat the Romans down with a rod of iron. What did God give him? A baby. Instead of a mighty king, he gave him a baby. Wrapped in swaddling cloth, said you'll find him laying in a manger. He didn't come the way that they expected him to come. And they refused it. It has to come our way or it's no good. They said, take it back. And he did. That's right. You've got to accept it the way God sends it and be happy about it. God anchors a little something in your heart and says, this is it. Believe it. Hold on to it. That's God's word. He promised he'd confirm it to you. And if he confirms the word, hold on to it. Yeah, they didn't want that baby. If you can't send us a king while we won't have that baby, you can just take it back. See, it's got to be a way that, that we think it's got to be. We must remember that God does it His way. And His way is always the right way. We've got to believe what God said about it and know that it's absolutely the truth and stay with it. Hold on to it. Jesus, when He become a man, He was humble. And how could a king of, of the heavens have spit in his face and a rag around his head and hit him with a stick and said, Say, they tell me you're a prophet. Tell us who hits him, we'll believe you. And he never opened his mouth. How could that be? The king that they was looking for was going to beat the world down. But God sent him the king, and because God sent it in his way, then they refused to believe it. But God had that way of doing the Senate, and He never sent it any other way but what His Word said He would come. But they had their mind made up it had to be some other way. That's where we make the mistake, friend. That's where the trouble is. When the forerunner, John the Baptist, came, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, while the Bible said all the high places will be brought down and all the low places will be lifted up, and all these things would take place. The mountains would skip like little rams and the leaves would clap their hands. Well, they was expecting a shaking of this man coming down out of the quarters of heaven, all dressed in fine linen and crowns upon his head or something. What happened? God sent him an old preacher down on the wilderness with a piece of sheepskin wrapped around him, looked like a fuzzy worm, his face all full of beard. Oh, way with such a fellow as that eating locusts and wild honey. We don't want nothing to do with that. How could that forerun the Messiah? But it was God's way of forerunning the Messiah. We've got to receive it in the way that God said it. God's pleased with it. That's His way. He's all wisdom. He's all powerful. He's omnipotent, omnipresent. Oh, He's God. The I am, not the I was or will be, but I am forever the same. He's God. And He does things in mysterious ways. And, but he does it for his own glory. He does it because it hits best to do it that way. We must receive it the way that he sends it. I'm sure that all of our charts and calendars and so forth that we have drawn up, Jesus coming on a cloud and next and got him on a white horse and all like that, it'll be altogether different when he comes. It, it won't be the way that we've got it, and many will fail to see it. Many will fail to see this day that we're living in. Many fails to see uh, the sign of the coming Messiah right now. Many people fail to see it. They, they, it's right before them, yet they, they don't see it. Jesus said, when he spoke in, in Luke, I believe it was, and he said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Noah. Did you notice how he said 
the morals of the people in the days of Noah, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. But when he said Sodom, he just left it all. That was the fire that burnt Sodom. It's the fire that catches the earth today. Let's review that for a few minutes. Abraham, sitting out there, not expecting anything. He was in the poorest of the land. It was in the heat of the day. An odd time for something to happen. But he'd seen a man come walking, three of them. Something in his heart told him it was God. And he held on to it. He wouldn't let him pass by. Oh, God made that happen here. Don't let it pass by. Hold on to it. Come in. Sit down under the oak. I'll fetch you a little water. I'll be a servant to you. Let me wash your feet. I'll bring you a morsel of bread. You satisfy your soul. Then you may go on. For this reason, my Lord has come to me. Yet not too sure, but he knew that there was something sparked in his heart. It must be the time. When that man sat and talked to him, look what he did. He looked down. He said, Abraham, a stranger. How do you know his name was Abraham? Where is thy wife, Sarah? He knew he had a wife and though her name was Sarah. And the Bible said that Abraham told him, in the tent behind you. And he said, see that Abraham is the heir of the world. Will I keep anything from Abraham? Seeing that he's the heir of the world. And he said, according to the time of life, I'm going to visit you. And Sarah, 90 years old, back in the tent behind him, never seen him, never know nothing about him, neither did he know about Sarah. And she laughed within herself, perhaps like that. Put her hands up to her mouth. And this angel, with his back turned, said, why did Sarah laugh? Who was that? He little expected that man to be who he was. But when he went to leave, Abraham called him Elohim. God Almighty. What was the sign of? That God Almighty, in the form of the Holy Ghost, in the last days before this world shall burn, He'll come to His people and dwell among His people in flesh. Making Himself known to His church just before the fire falls. Just before the destruction of the world, Elohim, God, the Holy Spirit, will come in among His people and do the signs that He did then. Oh, He's the unchangeable God. That's the way He made Himself known to the Jews. That's how He made Himself known to the Samaritans. The same way, many of the church believe Him, oh, He's a Beelzebub. But those who've seen it and recognize it to be God, they recognize who He was. The woman at the well, she said, Sir, Messiah cometh, we know, and he'll tell us these things. You must be his prophet. He said, I am he that speaks to you. She ran into the city and said, Come see a man. Unexpected she was to find a man like that. Unexpected was she to find the Messiah on earth dwelling among his people. So is it today. The people don't expect. They're expecting something else. They're expecting bombs and things to fall, which probably will be. They're expecting some great union amongst the church people. Now, it may be, but in the midst of all of that, God has sent the power of His Son, Jesus Christ, amongst the people. And they're having a new Pentecost, the power of God being poured out. And the same signs and wonders that they did many years ago is in the midst of the people, as Jesus said it would be. We don't look for a unionized among all the churches and things. We look for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And it'll come and do things that 
that we might not be expecting. I know He's here now. I know the Holy Spirit is here in the meeting. And I know that He promised wherever two or three are gathered in my, uh, uh, in their, together, I'll be in their midst. Jesus promised that. Wherever two or three, that's the power. That's uh, what the early church relied upon, the presence of Jesus. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in their midst. And whatever they agree upon is touching one thing and ask, they shall receive it. That is true. That's God's promise. He's unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He's here now. Do you believe it? Let us bow our heads just a moment for prayer. Just before we pray, you with your heads bowed, would there be any here who would say, Brother Branham, remember me. Let my spiritual eyes come open that I might see and know Him. How I want to see Him. How I love Him. Raise up your hands and say, remember me. God bless you. Lord, bless that's good. May God of heaven be merciful. Someone else back over to my right ear. Remember me, Brother Branham, in prayer. God bless you. The unsearchable riches of Christ. The revealing of His power and His goodness. May the God of heaven give mercy and kindness and grace to you all. Our Heavenly Father, we bring this audience to you at this hour. Looking around, seeing the hands of the people going up, the unchangeable God, working in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform. We pray, O God, that Your Holy Ghost, Your Spirit, will dwell in every heart here tonight. Give to them the desire of their hearts. Make them have faith, Lord. Put something within them a courage that they'll know that you're ever present, ever living to make intercessions. You are sitting at the right hand of God Almighty. And there at his throne, the precious body of Jesus Christ sits there while the Holy Spirit is on earth. And he's there as our high priest to make intercessions upon our confession. What we confess that He'll do, that's what He's there to make right. His own blood in, his, in the charger before Him, His own garments, bloody sitting there, seeing that God cannot look through that blood and see unrighteousness because Christ has took our sins and our sickness. Oh, Father God, we pray that as He being a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, that he will be touched tonight by every infirmity that's in the building, all the infirmities, that whether it be spiritual or physical, that they'll have a healing and a revival will take out of this city, oh, souls after souls into the kingdom of God. Grant it, Lord. Hear our prayer. We love you, Father, and we're waiting for great expectations for the Holy Spirit to come in our midst and do that which He promised He would do. We asked it for their sake in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You love Him with all your heart.
Are you expecting him to do the exceeding, the abundance above all that we could do or to think? He said he would do the exceeding abundance above all that we could do or think. He promised to do it. Now, when Jesus was here on earth, how many knows that he did not claim to be a healer? How many knows that he wasn't a healer? You mean you don't know the Bible no better than that? He said, it's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Verily, verily, I say unto you, John 5, 19, verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Is that what he said? St. John 5, 19, when he knowed where a man was laying with an infirmity, laying on a pallet, told him his faith to make him whole, pick up his bed and go to the house. And he was questioned amongst the Jews and he left thousands of people laying there, lame, halt, blind, twisted. He said, I only do what the Father tells me or shows me to do. I, I do what the, I see the Father doing. The Father worketh and I worketh hitherto. Now that's his spirit. Now, Jesus himself did not perform any healings without first God showing him. That's the scripture. I do nothing except the Father shows me first. Not tells me, shows me first. Then when he shows him, he goes and does what the Father tells him. The woman had touched his garment. Now, he never did that. He never said he did it. He said, thy faith has saved thee. Thy faith has saved thee. Blind Barnabas at the gate. Thy faith has made thee whole. He had nothing to do with it. The people's faith did that because they believed that he was the Son of God. She touched him, the woman did. And she touched his garment. And now he didn't feel it physically because the Palestinian garment has an underneath garment and the robe hangs loose. And she touched the border of it. For she said within her heart, If I'll but touch his garment, I'll be made whole. And she touched him. And when she did, while well, she felt within herself, because her faith had been, if she can touch it, she'll be made well. And she did what she thought that would bring the power of God to her. And she felt that it was all sufficient. And it was, because she believed it. Jesus turned and looked around the audience. He said, who touched me? Peter rebuked him, said, who touched you? Well, all of them's touching you. Why would you say a thing like that? He said, but I perceive that I have gotten weak, or virtue's gone from me, which means strength. I got weak. Somebody touched me with a different kind of a touch. And he looked around over the audience until he found the woman. And he told her about her blood issue had stopped because her faith had made her well. Now, that's the Jesus was yesterday. That's the same Jesus today. That's the same Jesus that will be tomorrow, if there is a tomorrow, and will be forever. When people think that God makes a promise and don't keep it, Mohammeds or nothing else, I've helped the Bible in one hand, the Koran in the other one, and say one of them's right and one's wrong. Both of them can't be right because they're contrary one to another. I say, you prove that your prophet is dead, he's in the ground. Our Jesus raised my dead, and he promised the things that he did, we'll do also. I said, now let me see you do the works of Mohammed. Can't do it. But the works of Jesus Christ is done by the Holy Ghost. When he comes to anoint the people, do you believe that? Certainly we believe it. What would keep us from believing? Because God made the promise. God said so. That settles it. Now, man cannot do that. 
It's supernatural. It's something that man can't do. Well, I've just got a couple of minutes' time. I want to explain that. See, man cannot do nothing. It's God in man. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branch. Now, as long as the branch is in the vine, it'll bear the fruit of the vine. Now, God always used man for his agent. That's why he used his own son to unveil himself. He come down and took the form of man in order to die the death for man. He could not die in the spirit, but he was put to death in the flesh. Then God was in Abraham, God was in Isaac, God was in Jacob, God was in Joseph, God was in David. He was in all those people back in there, them prophets and so forth. It was God working through man. Now, in this New Testament age, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses his church and sanctifies it that his Holy Spirit might continue to carry the work of God on through all ages. And he's just the same today. If it isn't, then we're false witnesses of this Bible. If, it, if that isn't true, then the Bible isn't true. It's time that man preached the gospel. It's time that the power of God was made known. When heathens trying to step on that word, we need man like the Hebrew children are. God is able to deliver us from this. That's right. It's time God remains the same. Now, God cannot heal you because he's already done it. When he was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquity, the chastisement of your peace upon him, and with his stripes you were healed. It's a past tense. If he stood here tonight with this suit on that he gave me, he could not heal you if you asked him. He'd say, I've already done it. You believe it. He might do something to make you know that it was him. And that's what he does today. He makes it known to his people, by his people, that he is God. Not the man, but God. Now, he's just as real tonight. I, I know he's here. How many ever seen that picture of the angel of the Lord, that light? Well, as many of you. They got it here, I think, somewhere. Boys may have it. Gene and them. has got it at the table back there. That light. You remember, I'll, if I never meet you again in earth, I'll meet you that day. That light isn't standing two feet from where I'm standing now. That's right. He promised it. And I believe God. I've seen it against tens of thousands of heathens. I've seen it in times when witch doctors on both sides and see the power of God pass them and sit there. God's either God or He's not God. Jesus is either the Son of God or He was an imposter. He is Christ, the Son of God. He is not dead, but He's alive and He lives forevermore. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe that? God bless you. How many of you believe that he can appear right? We ain't got no prayer card to give out, have we? How many sick out there and wants healing? Raise your hands. Say, God, I'm sick. I need healing. Just raise up your hands. Anybody sick and wants healing, just raise up your hands and say, I pray that God will make me well. Got a loved one you're praying for. Raise up your hand. Say, I, I, I'm praying. God be merciful. There is a person in this building that I know outside. I believe, if I'm not sure, this is Pat sitting right here, Pat Tyler. Um, I don't know whether you all know him or not. And Brother Gene Gold sitting here taking the message. Man on the platform, I met him last night, the finest bunch of men I ever met in my life. But the only ones that I really know personally is Brother right there. He sponsored me the first time I shared. Brother Williams and his son, Brother Borders, Brother David, and Brother um, Harvey. Is the only ones I really know here. But Jesus Christ knows every one of you. 
if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Put him to a showdown. Is he God? Is it right? He knows every one of you. If we are approaching the coming of the Son of God, how did he prove himself to be God and to be the Son of God to the Jews? When he told Peter who he was, he said, told Nathaniel where he had been when he was under the fig tree, when he saw him under the tree praying. He said, Thou art the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. That was the sign of the Messiah to the Jewish nation. The priest walked back and said, He's a fortune teller. And he said, You say that about me, I'll forgive you. But when the Holy Ghost has come, but not speak against it then, because it'll never be forgiven in this world or the world to come. Watch that. There's only three classes of people. That's Ham, Sham, and Japheth's people. That's Jews, Gentiles, and Samaritans. Remember Peter at Pentecost? Preached to the Jews, opened the kingdom. To the Samaritans, when Philip had went out and baptized them, yet they had not received the Holy Ghost. Now at the house of Cornelius, then all of them had heard it. Ham, Sham, and Japheth's people. The Holy Ghost was then, they didn't need him anymore for that purpose, because the Holy Spirit went to all the people. When Jesus came, we Gentiles were Anglo-Saxons, which did not look for an upcoming Messiah. We were heathens with clubs on our back. But they that was looking for a Messiah, there was the Jews and the Samaritans looking for the Messiah. When he appeared, how, what kind of a sign did he do? He'd done the sign of the prophet that Moses spoke of. It would be a God prophet. They looked at it. Those who were really spiritual-led, they seen him do that sign, and they said, that's him. But the others that had all their intellectual trainings, they said, this guy's Beelzebub. He went over to Samaria. He had need. A woman come out at the well, and he said, uh, bring me a drink of water. And she says, not customary. we got segregation here. Jews and Samaritans have no dealing. He said, woman, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. Yeah. She said, the well's deep and you have... What was he doing? He's contacting her spirit. And when he found where her trouble was, we all know what it was, where her trouble lay, he said, go get your husband to come here. She said, I don't have any husband. said, you said right, you got five. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, sir, I perceive that you're a Beelzebub. No, sir. She said, I perceive that you're a prophet. I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, we know, we know, we Samaritans, we're taught, we know when Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. That was the sign of the Messiah. But who are you? He said, I'm he that speaks to you. Remember, not to Gentiles did he ever do it. He did not do that to Gentiles. Then if he's an infinite God, and let them with the intellectual teaching as much as we have today, if we go into the, out of this, our dispensation without the same manifestation, then he'd done something for them he did not do for us. But he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He promised he would do it. What did he do? Many scriptures, but the one I just quoted, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So shall it be. The same thing will take place just before the fire. There he is, the infinite God. He's here tonight. That's a big thing to say. But it's a something that the Bible said so, and the Holy Spirit is here to back it up and say it's the truth. That's a good thing. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, there's somebody there suffering. No doubt, some people are in need. I pray thee, Father, to be merciful, and just let it be known that thou art God. Just speak the words, Lord. And I pray that some poor soul in here that's seeking you, that they'll be able to touch the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. 
Just grant it, Lord, at least one or two, that the people might know in the mouth of one or two witnesses or two or three witnesses may every word be established. Grant it, Father. I ask it for God's glory and for the sake of the message tonight, Lord, and your word that declares it to be so, that the people might know that the time of unfolding and unveiling is at hand, that you are here the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, I want you to pray. I want you to believe with all your heart and all that is within you to believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here. How many strangers to me out there that I don't know? You raise up your hands. All out through the building, no matter where you are. Now, perhaps you have never known this. Now, if I'll have to follow the Holy Spirit, and if it speaks, you answer. I don't say that it will. I'm just saying I pray that it will. That it will. I have no right to say that only by his word he said that he would grant it and we believe that it will be granted. Now you pray. At your faith. You can do nothing till you touch him. Then he speaks to me. If you can believe. If thou canst believe. Yes, here it is. Just a moment. Right over here to my left. There sits a woman sitting there, kind of heavy set. She's real seriously sick. She has heart trouble, shattered by cancer, spiritual de- demon depression, oppression rather. The lady sits right here with her head bowed, looking right this way at me. Do you believe, lady, that Jesus Christ will make you well? Do you believe it? Do you? You accept it? Lost it? Now, you'll have to beat that. Mm. Lord God, creator of heavens and earth, let it be known that the people might understand, Lord. Have faith in God. Here's a man sitting right back here praying for his wife. He's got his wife on his mind. He's praying for her. She's had operations and so forth, and it doesn't seem to help her any. That's exactly right. That man's a minister. Reverend Nathan. Jacob Nathan. Your wife's sitting next to you. You believe that Jesus Christ will make her well? You accept it, sir? Raise up your hand if you accept it. God bless you. I've never seen a man in my life. Have faith in God. Let that passion. He is God forevermore. Here sits a woman. She bowed her head right there. She's sitting there looking to me now. The woman's lame somehow. She's got beneath her a crutch as she walks on. Do you believe, lady, that Jesus Christ will let you walk out here without them crutches tonight? 
You believe it's sitting right there looking at me? Will you accept it to your healing? Raise up your hand. I've never seen you in my life. But if you'll believe it, you'll leave them lay there and walk out and behold. I challenge your faith to believe it. Bow, please, please. What about What about you ministers? Do your brothers believe? With all your heart? Now you're never one strangers to me besides Brother William. God loves you. You're his servant. I'm here to be your brother. Amen. The Spirit of God is here. Amen. I boldly say it in Jesus Christ's name. Yes. You just have faith to believe. Amen. If there's something wrong, ask him. This man sitting right here, looking at me, it's not exactly you, it's your dad sitting out there. That's right. You believe God can tell me what's wrong with him? Would you believe it? Then he's feet. That's right, stand on your feet. There sits his dad, he's sitting out there, an old man, kind of bald-headed, sitting there looking right at me now. Here, look here. Don't you see that light? Look at that light over this little woman here. He's praying also. He knows that woman sitting right there, that little woman. Do you believe God can tell me what's wrong with her? Would you believe? It's in her legs. Behind. You believe God? You believe that the angel of the Lord, the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever, he remains God. And there's nothing that can harm, nothing can hinder Jesus Christ, God's Son, lives forever, ever alive to make intercessions. If we will only believe, have faith, God will perform the rest. Do you believe that with all your heart? Now, do you believe that the coming Messiah is at hand? What is those people? i never seen one of them in my life, and God knows that to be true. Now you've got it started. Now it's just going all around over the building. Right now is the time. Now is the time to receive your healing. Lay your hands on one another. Put your hands over on one another and believe now. Now you've got it. Now you're, you're coming into faith. Oh, Lord God, creator of heavens and earth, let it be known tonight that thou art the Son of God. You have made it known. You are God. And let your Holy Spirit fall in this among this people and prove to them that thou art the great Jehovah God, that you remain the same yesterday. Satan, you are defeated. Come out of this people. I adjure thee by the power of the living God that you come out of this people. In Jesus' name.